0: Hello, friends, and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode 117 Disney with Kids. My name is Pete, and joining me tonight is Tom, the guy with no kids. (laughs) We're three guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation, as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and men, let's do Disney. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really think about that. Are, are we qualified to do this episode? You don't have any kids, and I've never been to Disney with kids. So, is this is this the best uh, best we could do? I guess.
1: Well, here's the thing. We've gotten this question now from from one of our Patreons. It was a kind of an episode idea. We've gotten the question from a few listeners, uh, different, just just kind of related to taking kids to Disney. And so, obviously, our listeners feel like we must be qualified enough to talk about it. Pete, I know you. I believe you mentioned it last episode. You're in the process of planning a trip with your daughter, and so I mean, I th- I think when you look at right age and what what are you planning to do, what what looks fun, you'll you'll be able to provide a lot of insight there on your plan. So, yeah, we're going to be talking about Disney with kids taking taking Disney taking kids to the Disney parks.
0: Yep, we'll see what happens on it. So before we hear from our sponsor, I do just want to take a second to plug our patreon patreon.com/menduwdw again encourage you guys to check it out we have uh we've released a couple of episodes extra episodes on patreon this month we will continue to increase the number that we get done uh, and uh and and then hopefully again start to add some additional content we're uh, we're thinking up a couple of different things that we can do so let's pause for just a moment to hear from kingdom strollers
2: So your family is coming to Orlando. And the thought of lugging your stroller onto the plane isn't your idea of fun. But you're smart enough to know that conquering the theme parks of Orlando without a stroller for your kids could be a vacation killer. As parents ourselves, we get it. You're not asking for much. You just want the convenience of a clean, affordable stroller or crib delivered to your hotel or vacation home ready to use. Welcome to Kingdom Strollers. A Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. To book your stroller or crib, just click on the item you'd like to reserve and select the dates for your rental. We run a tight ship, so we will never overbook. Next, tell us where you're staying and choose the times for delivery and pickup. Then, choose from helpful free accessories like cooler bags and rain covers. It couldn't be easier. If you have any questions or concerns, you can check our FAQ page or just give us a call. We are always ready to answer your questions. Once you've placed your reservation, there's nothing left to do except count down the days until you're in sunny Florida. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and book your stroller or crib from Kingdom Strollers today.
0: All right, let's talk about Disney with kids. Disney's for kids, right? Disney's not for adults. Wasn't there, I feel like there was some kind of article going around not too long ago that that talked about, it was a woman that was talking about how these millennials were ruining Disney. Disney's for kids. They shouldn't, these 20 year olds shouldn't be going to Disney World.
1: Disney's for all people. I think different parts of Disney World are better for different ages, uh, different heights. (laughs) Some some attractions you need to be a little taller to ride. But yeah, I think in general, Disney's going to be most magical for, for little ones, for little kids. And I think everyone, certainly on this podcast platform, started going to Disney as a young child you know, have, have maintained that love for it. Pete's about to get to see that love for Disney through his daughter's eyes. And with a lot of people inquiring, it was a really good time to do an episode like this.
0: So how young is too young? I, I guess we need to address that first. And, you know, in, in my opinion, you don't want to take a, an infant to Disney. Now, I'm not saying that there are not people that have done it and have had a great time, but – if, if you really want to if if this is your once in a lifetime trip or your once in you know every three year trip, I think it's best to wait. Perfect age to take a kid to Disney. what What do you think?
1: So I'm with you. I think under two, it's free. so if you can't find a babysitter, maybe take them but I I, I would try not to. To me a perfect age is five. Um, that that's like the the perfect perfect age. but I think' you know three to five years old, four to five certainly uh falls in that range for me that's a really good age. How about you, Pete?
0: Yeah, I think I think my perfect age is kind of that six or seven year old mark. Because you're you're getting out of the you're, you're really getting into the range where kids are able to, to go longer and they're not they're not scared of maybe the scary rides, but they still have that kind of sense of wonderment and, you know, they believe all this. So, and and you know, the magic is still there for him. And I'm not saying the magic's still not there for me or for you, but kids just see it differently than than we do. But regardless, my daughter is three. She'll be almost four. And and by God, we're going to go, we're going to go do some Disney together. So we're going to make the most of it.
1: And she knows, I mean, at age three, I guess I keep forgetting at age three. I mean, she's well aware of Elsa and Frozen and Disney princesses and- she has a pretty good understanding. I mean, when, when we've sent pictures, I know my mom sent some pictures to you one time. When we were there. She knew, okay, uh, they're on. They're going to see Elsa, right? They're in Frozen, and so I think three, three to four is probably an age where they start to appreciate different things that they'd see at Disney.
0: And it's you know, it's it's still a situation where I know that she's going to need to go back in the afternoon and take a nap. I know that she's not going to be able to wake up at at six thirty in the morning and stay in the parks until. Nine or ten o'clock at night, like she's just not capable of doing that, and I understand that. And that's the 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 point that I want to get across here is that when you take your kids, if you're a lifelong Disney fan as we are, when you take your kids, this is a very different trip than going with your buddies, right? It's 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 not going to be the same trip. You're not going to be able to do the same things. You're not going to get everything done. A lot of people face this when they're planning their family vacation to Disney, which is maybe their first taste of this, but. As Disney fans it's a little bit different for us as as people that go to Disney quite regularly it's a little bit different for us. Want to get that out straight but 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 let's roll through and and we'll um we'll, we'll just kind of go through go through the planning for it. So I think the first question you have to ask is where are you going to stay?
1: Let's go Perfect World.
0: Okay, yeah, as we go through this I'm going to tell you what what decisions that I have made that that we're going to do and and you tell me if uh, if I'm crazy or not. So you know, my plan with this is that we're going to stay Monorail Loop. We're going to stay either at Contemporary, we're going to stay Polynesian, or we're going to stay at Grand Floridian. And there's a couple of reasons for that. One, that they're, you know, they're, they're magical hotels, right? But two, I think that we're going to spend the most time at Magic Kingdom and at Epcot. So the ease of being able to get back and forth quickly from from Epcot and Magic Kingdom back to the hotel – uh, is going to be something that is worth spending that extra money on one of those deluxe resorts for.
1: I'm right there with you. In a perfect world, I think getting on the monorail loop is is probably your best bet if you can swing it. It is going to be expensive, but you have the proximity to what I believe would be the best park, and that's Magic Kingdom for that age group, uh, as well as just three different ways to travel, whether it be boat, monorail, or bus. Now, Pete, say we can't do... Say so, so you can't stay at, at the Monorail Loop, for example.
0: I, I think there's an argument to be made for the value hotels. The value hotels do you know definitely cater more to kids with families. You, you think of the moderate resorts. There's not a whole lot of, I guess, theming that, that goes into a Coronado Springs or a Caribbean Beach compared to an All-Star Sports or a Pop Century or an Art of Animation. So – I think there is something to be said for staying at the uh, at the value resorts, uh, particularly art animation. I also think there's something to be said for staying at uh, Animal Kingdom Lodge with a uh, with a safari view. You talk about a cool experience, uh, you know, as a kid waking up and seeing a giraffe out your window.
1: Yep. So I- I'm right there with you. I think if you can't stay Monorail Loop, you have to look to the values. And I say this for a reason that kids are going – are not going to be as apparent or as aware of, oh, this is a really nice hotel room versus not a nice hotel room. They're going to see the big animals um, at an Animal Kingdom Lodge, the live live animals rather. They're going to see the big animation additions that they have at the All-Stars or the Pop Centuries or the Art of Animations. They're going to see the decorations more. They'll they'll be able to, to recognize, oh, that's a car from Cars. You know, that's Baloo from Jungle Book. This is an oversized football field. This is fun to run around on. And kids care about playing at the pool. Uh, I, I think all of the Disney resorts will offer you that. Uh, but you'll probably see a lot more kids from like a playtime standpoint at a value than you may would at a deluxe. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Polynesian's got a pretty nice pool. I'll say Polynesian does. Yeah, I started thinking about that. Polynesian's layout definitely definitely leans more toward the children being able to go and play there. So. Maybe I maybe I'm wrong. You're gonna see kids wherever you go, but just keep in mind that the values do still have that same cool experience from a pool standpoint, the things kids enjoy.
0: From a strictly transportation standpoint, I, I think that if you are staying at
1: a value, I
0: think you're if you're staying at Animal Kingdom Lodge, I think that you're spending a lot more on Ubers and minivans because there's gonna be meltdowns in the parks. There's gonna be times where you need to get from the park to the hotel as quickly as you can. And you're not gonna you're not gonna to wanna to wait fifteen minutes for a bus to get on a 30-minute bus ride, to then have a 15-minute walk back to your hotel. And that's that's why I think the monorail is key here because it's it's pretty quick. And, and even if you can't get on the monorail, you still do have that option to uh, to take a minivan, to Uber, you know, to take a, a boat, whatever, what have you. So what do you do?
1: So I think first you need to understand the days of going open to close are probably behind you now. I mean, kids have limits. Adul- adults have limits. Adults limits may be different depending on the company they're in, but I think first and foremost, the focus needs to be on the kids. You need to understand a routine. You need to understand, kind of keep the kids as, as much into the routine they've been on for their entire, you know, for their lives as you as you integrate the Disney parks with them.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Know, know your kids. Know what time they normally eat, or what time know what time they normally get up, know what time they normally get to bed. Because the more normalcy you can keep, the better I think your day's gonna go. So my plan, just to give you a, just to give you an example, is that, you know, my daughter wakes up pretty early in the morning. She's typically up by 630, 645, somewhere right around in that ballpark. So my plan is to, is to hit rope drop with her as, as many days as we can. And I know inevitably something's gonna go wrong and we're gonna get out there late, but, but I think the opening ceremonies are worth seeing. Now, I'm not saying that we're going to hit rope drop and we're going to go on Seven Dwarfs Mine Train because I don't know that she's ready for that yet. But, you know, we'll go on rope. We'll go rope drop Peter Pan. We'll go rope drop character meet and greets. You know, we'll go have a breakfast at Cinderella's Royal Table. So my plan is to, to rope drop until lunch or just before lunch, get lunch, and then we'll go back to the hotel uh, for a nap for some pool time. You know, spend the afternoon maybe in the hottest part of the day in the, in the hotel, in the pool, and then go back in just before dinner, have dinner, you know, maybe do a couple of attractions. And then depending on, you know, I'd like to stay for the fireworks one day at least so she can see the fireworks show. But if we don't make it, we don't make it to that. And just really let her dictate, you know, the kind of mood she's in. Is she cranky? Is she crying? Do we need to go home? That's really going to dictate how late we stay in the parks.
1: I think Pete just nailed it right there. I mean, I think if you, if you can have that willingness and openness to plans being changed, ruined, not making something. I mean, a reservation. I understand you need to make that, but you know, Pete just said, "If I'd like to see the fireworks one night, but if she can't and if she's exhausted and we need to go back, that's okay too." So having that flexibility and adaptability on a trip with with your young ones, especially a first trip to Disney World at that age of three to five. Where, where they certainly their personality is out and they, and they can communicate to you what's going on. You have to be really flexible. And I agree. I, Pete, I think as a kid, when I, we used to, we used to hit park at, at rope drop. Um, we, we would definitely go back in the hottest part of the day and spend that at the resort, whether that was, Hey, you need to take a nap or Hey, let's go play out of the pool. Almost every day we spent there doing that in the middle of the day. And then we, we would shower, go back for, you know, maybe mid afternoon to evening time frame try to ride an attraction, do dinner, see where the night takes you from there if you can stay for fireworks that's great.
0: Mhm. Mhm. So so let's go through some kind of must-dos for kids at, and this is really subjective. I, I threw this list together thinking you know, a typical kid between 5 and 9 years old, but I don't know your kids. So really, you need to look at the attractions and and determine what is going to be a must-do for you. So, starting at Magic Kingdom, I mean, Dumbo, right? Is is I think your number one up there. Kids love Dumbo.
1: So I, I think you look at what Dumbo is, and there's three, three attractions very similar. There's Magic Carpet Ride, Astro Orbiter, and Dumbo. Here's my advice on them. Astro Orbiter, if you have two kids, I'm sorry, uh, Magic Carpets, if you have two kids, is probably a good bet because in the front you control going up and down, and in the back seat you control tilting forward and backward. So each kid gets to quote unquote steer. Dumbo is probably the best of all the attractions because it's kind of like a virtual queue. There's a playground. Uh, the parents can sit down for a minute. You don't have to just stand in a wait. Astral Orbiter for me, at the age that Pete's daughter is, probably the last pick between them all. Just because it is a little more intense. I think it spins faster. And it's extremely high up in the air. And the wait, I mean, the queue just doesn't really do much for you from a, a theme there's, there's nothing. Yeah, There's nothing there compared to a Dumbo. So yeah, I think Dumbo if we're looking at like an attraction that sticks out at that age, and again, we're talking we're talking younger children for this. You know, I think shows, Pete, are another way that I mean, I, I think of you know, your daughter's never seen anything like Philhar Magic. And we we don't always speak as highly about Philhar Magic as, you know, seeing it through the eyes of a kid where it looks like, you know, instruments are flying at you and you get to see all your favorite Disney she, I'm sure she's seen Little Mermaid and Lion King and Aladdin and Country Bear Jamboree. Is that something that's good for kids? Yeah.
0: You know, I think Country Bear Jamboree, I think the tiki room. You know, maybe not Hall of Presidents. Hall of Presidents is is pretty dry for a small child. You know, I think you get a kid that's in middle school or high school, they understand the significance a little bit more. I think that's I think that's a good thing for them. But I'm
1: a grown adult, Pete, and I still don't understand. I'm just kidding. I understand the significance of Hall <laughs> of Presidents.
0: But but yeah, I think Country Bear Jamboree, I think The Enchanted Tiki Room are, are both good shows for kids. Uh, you know, if they're running The Muppets uh, Great Moments in History, that can be fun for kids too. Who knows if they're going to be running it or not. <clears throat> uh, character meet and greets are are going to be a huge, huge thing for your kids, right? Because these are these are the characters that they're growing up watching. This is what they really want to see. So you're Cinderella, you're Rapunzel, you're Mickey and Minnie, you're Goofy, you're Donald Duck. You know, all those characters, that's, you know, for me that's what I'm getting fast passes for. Yeah, for the character meet and greets because the lines for those are absolutely miserable.
1: As long as as long as your kid it isn't, you know, I think ultimately their first time meeting a character might be a little intimidating, but once they kind of warm up to the idea and understand the process of it, this is where photo pass comes in handy. This is Pete, you'll have that with your annual pass, but this is also where you're going to spend a lot of time. I mean, you have a little girl who loves princesses, or a little boy who wants to meet, you know, the Gastons of the world and all the all the the male characters in Disney. I, I mean, I growing up, I'd spend a lot of time. You, you, I mean, we went we went to Disney every year. So as a kid, you would say, okay, well, I saw, you know, I saw Mickey Mouse last year. I really want to see him again. But if we could see Jiminy Cricket. You know, he had a long line last time we were here. I want to see Jiminy Cricket this year. And you can kind of start to prioritize which characters are worth the wait. At this stage for Pete, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners with daughters, I think princesses are going to be- Huge. huge. I mean, Elsa and yes. Anna, I don't know. I, I don't have kids, but I would assume that's that's going to be a pretty popular meet and greet too for kids.
0: We'll get to them when we get to Epcot, because they're at Epcot. But, True. Uh, you
1: see, I, but, again, and I know they're at Epcot, but I didn't even think about them not being at Magic Kingdom.
0: But yes, so- I think character meet and greets, again, I agree, are going to be huge. And then dark rides. I mean, what dark rides would you? I mean, would you take a small child on? Pirate, is Pirates of the Caribbean too scary? So is I Haunted think, Mansion too scary?
1: I think you for sure knock out Fantasyland. So you got Little so Mermaid Peter, there. So Peter Pan, Peter Winnie, the Pan the Pooh, Winnie, Winnie the Little Pooh, Little Mermaid, small World. I yeah. think you for sure can do Buzz Lightyear, Space Ranger Spin.
0: Yep. Yep. Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor. I think more of a show, but.
1: I think pi- I think Pirates and Haunted Mansion are the two questions, but I still think they're good fun.
0: They they are good fun, but I mean, you know, thinking about Haunted Mansion, is that is that too scary? I mean, it's 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 fun scary, right? And it's it's kind of, you know, we laugh at it, but you know, if you're a 3 or 4-year-old little boy or little girl, that could, that could be pretty scary. So that that's my question on this is is do we you know, I don't want to traumatize my kid.
1: I think so I think ultimately the parents you're going to know if your kid can handle this or not. Prime example, I was terrified of Splash Mountain and Tower of Terror. I think my parents knew I could probably handle it. Splash Mountain, yep, rode it every time, they were correct. Tower of Terror, it was a little too soon. I went number of years without riding it, uh, you know, from 5 years old to maybe maybe 8 or 9 or 10. So I think parents, this is for you to decide. But I think doing everything else we've mentioned for Magic Kingdom I don't know if you're going to have a ton of time to consider the Pirates in the Haunted Mansion because you're going to do Peter Pan, Winnie the Pooh, you know, a Jungle Cruise, not a dark ride, but another attraction. You're going to do all those. So yeah. you may not even have time to think about it. Yeah.
0: And I mean, thinking about roller coasters, you've got the Barnstormer, you've got Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. Anything really more than Seven Dwarfs Mine Train may be getting a little too intense for uh, for smaller children. So Epcot.
1: Fro- I mean, Frozen. Frozen, yeah, frozen, frozen, frozen.
0: Right, and, and Epcot is Epcot's kind of tough f- from a ride standpoint for for small children because you know if you think about the big rides, Test Track is, I mean, well, it's not it's not very scary. It could be a little scary for for small children. Soren, you know, I can see the heights aspect being a being a problem, but but I think Finding Nemo, I think Figment, I think Spaceship Earth, those are all good. Uh, those are all good dark ride candidates for uh, for small children, and then yeah, character meet and greets here at Epcot as well. Anna and Elsa in particular, but, but there's also a lot of characters here at Epcot.
1: There are, uh, you know, there's you catch Belle, Mary Poppins. I don't want to rattle off the entire list. Daisy floats around, Goofy, Mickey and Minnie by the Skyliner. There are a lot of a lot of opportunities there. Um, as we move for more rides, I think I think Nemo, I think Turtle Talk with Crush, great for kids. I think Figment is fun and good for kids. Uh, Spaceship Earth is an attraction kids can ride. Again, I think to Pete's point earlier on Hall of Presidents, I think the older the kid is, maybe the the more they'll start to enjoy that. Um, And then the World Showcase, depending on your kid's age, Kid Cots are an opportunity to learn a little about the countries but have fun doing it. So those are some more opportunities in Epcot. I would tell you that Epcot is probably the least kid-friendly
0: yeah, I would think so. But they do but that. they
1: do have a lot of character meet and greets and they do have you know some attractions that kids would like and they have Frozen. So. That's yeah, a, exactly. That's a winner.
0: So on to Animal Kingdom.
1: I think Animal Kingdom for me, if I think of all the attractions there, the one that kids seem to love the most is Kilimanjaro Safari.
0: Without a doubt. Without a doubt, I think Kilimanjaro Safari is we've talked about it before, is the centerpiece of this park. It's the reason for the park's existence. And, and, you know, it's like a zoo that you can drive through. I mean, where else can you have a close encounter with an ostrich?
1: Totally agree. Totally agree.
0: So, yeah, I think, I think Kilimanjaro Safari is a must-do here. I think the shows are a must-do here also. Finding Nemo the Musical, uh, Lion King, the uh, Tree of Life. Uh, a Bug's Life. Yeah, what's, what's, the, what's it called? I think it's called A Bug's Life. It has a name. I know it has a
1: name. Tough to be a bug.
0: It's tough to be a bug. There you go.
1: So, tough to be a bug can be a little scary for kids. It's a little scary for Pete when the spiders pop out. Oh God, I hate spiders. But I would say that I think it's imperative as you start to get your kids ready for some more things at Disney. If if you're you the parent think this is okay, make sure they sit in their own seat because the the bugs exiting the theater and the uh, the wasp or bee sting is kind of a jumpy moment that uh, happens. And then you also get sprayed with some water on, on this. So I, I agree. And I think if you're going to take that next step with your kids, Navi River Journey is is totally fine. I don't think any issue there. It's just not a great attraction. And then Flight of Passage, uh, once they get taller and older, great, great dark ride uh, for, for kids to experience.
0: Yeah, I, I guess Flight of Passage, I mean, is it – are there any moments on it that are, that are too intense
1: for kids? I don't think so, personally. I really don't. I mean, to me, I would – I
0: would take my kid on Flight of Passage before I took her on Soarin', just because, you know, Soarin', you're lifted way up in the air, and, and that could be a little intimidating. Flight of Passage, you're you're sitting in a chair.
1: Yeah, I think Flight of Passage, you don't realize that you're in a very similar theater to what you're in in Soarin'. You know, there's there's one one or two parts that maybe motion sickness could play a role, or you feel a little bit of a drop in Flight of Passage, but I don't think it's too in- intense. For example, I mean, like Rise, just like I don't think Rise of Resistance is too intense, that's all I'll say.
0: Alright, well, on to Hollywood Studios we go. Hollywood Studios, I, I I think we're I think we're mainly shows at Hollywood Studios, right? I think that's gonna be the bulk of what you're doing if you come here.
1: I think I think you're shows and I think you are Toy Story Land. Yes. Yeah, I agree.
0: I agree. So Muppet Vision 3D, Frozen Sing Along, Indiana Jones, Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast.
1: They have Disney Jr. here as well.
0: Note, note that I did not put uh the Cars, Lightning, Lightning McQueen, Academy.
1: I, I, I don't think Lightning McQueen's great, even if for kids. Uh, I don't think it's a great attraction. But I agree with you on the shows. I think Disney Junior is another place you, you maybe spend some time. And then Toy Story Land.
0: Well, yeah, Toy Story Land, absolutely. I mean, Toy Story, Midway Mania, and Slinky Dog Dash, or, and uh, Alien Swirling Saucers, without a doubt. Slinky Dog, again, it depends on your kid. Are they, are they roller coaster ready? I don't know that my daughter's going to be. You know, we're going to have to – we'll go to some other parks and, and test her out before before we go to Disney. So I, I don't know if she's ready for that yet. Galaxy's Edge, I mean, I have a question by Rise of the Resistance. Is is Rise of the Resistance too intense for kids or
1: – I don't think it is. I, I, I Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think it is. I don't. And I guess intensity, do you mean being scared or do you mean the intensity of the actual movement of the I, attraction? I,
0: I guess both. I mean, the movement of the attraction—it's not very intense, right? I mean, there's a motion simulator part. That
1: yeah, I would tell you that. I would tell you that. uh, I mean, the the interrogation rooms can be a little. I mean, they're a little intimidating, but they're all in. They're all in good fun. I haven't seen a Disney cast member put a kid in a situation to try and scare them by any means.
0: So I, you know, question mark on that one again. It depends. It's going to depend on your kid. So what's absolutely off the table? Go, just going through the parks again, and and again, I, this is very dependent on a, the age of your kids. It's very dependent on where they are developmentally, how easily how easily they scare. Uh, Magic Kingdom. I don't think you're doing any of the mountains, really.
1: Yeah, I would think to start, especially at that three to five year old age. Maybe, maybe the maybe Splash Mountain actually is the only one I would consider. You think so? I think that I went on Splash Mountain at age five. Yep.
0: I mean, I mean, I guess, I guess you see. You know, you see the drop right up front, and you that's see really the scariest the only- thing you're going to see. Yeah, yeah.
1: And then uh, I think you're you're still in the maybe on Pirates and Haunted Mansion. That's probably going to be based on what does the parent think about the kid. I think so. Epcot, I think it's fairly easy. Mission Space, I think is a no go. You can do. I think you can do the green mission and be fine. There's zero g-force there. Uh, yeah. You do have to get over the. It's still. It can be a claustrophobic experience, but it's not a panic, and it's not what you feel on the orange mission. Yep. Yep.
0: And then you know, I've got test track and sore his question marks here. I, test track's not, you know now that I think about it, test track is not that intimidating of a ride. I mean you go you know, you go fast
1: in a car, 64.9 miles an hour.
0: Yeah, so I mean kids are kids are going that fast in cars anyway, so but but soaring again, lifting up off the floor could be a little could be a little scary, but you know that that ride starts so quickly. you're lifted up off the floor and boom, all of a sudden you know the ride is going. You don't really have time to think about it even. And then World Showcase, you know, if 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 you if your kids are pretty young, you're probably not going to get to spend a whole lot of time in World Showcase other than Norway.
1: You know, one of the I'll add on Soren, Pete, I'm thinking about it now. It does lift off pretty quickly. And with, with, with a small child buckled in, they're not going to actually be able to even lean over to look how high up in the air they are. That's true. They're immediately going to go in the air, which can be a little scary. For, then you can see the screen. They're going to be amazed. That's true. So Animal Kingdom – I think Expedition Everest is probably a no go. I think Cali River Rapids could be. And then Flight of Passage is kind of the same concept. I, I think you're gonna have to know your kid on Flight of Passage.
0: Yep. And same with Hollywood Studios, you know, Tower of Terror and Rock and Roller Coaster are the scary rides there, right? And and so for you know, Tower of Terror was too intense for you at that age, right? You didn't yeah, you Tower. didn't ride it for several years. So
1: Yep, that's a fair point. Yep.
0: Um, and then maybe not Galaxy's Edge. I don't know what a kid's gonna get out of, unless it's a kid who's playing video games. I don't know what a kid's gonna get out of Millennium Falcon Smugglers Run.
1: I think maybe a little bit older to understand, or or maybe have seen the Star Wars movies and like them kind of thing.
0: All right, so so where to eat? And what I did, I went I went through and I didn't put these in any kind of order or anything like that. But I've just got a list of of, of restaurants here. And the first thing is. Character dining. Character dining is going to be huge. I'm fairly confident that every meal that I eat is going to be character dining in some capacity. So let's just go through these real quick. Um, First thing I've got here is Tusker House at uh, at Animal Kingdom. This is Safari Mickey, Minnie, Goofy, Daisy, and Donald. Uh, It's open for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and I and the food here is actually really good. Nothing nothing too off the wall, but it's but it's really it's really quite good. Uh, Next one I've got is Garden Grill. I think Garden Grill is a good place to eat breakfast if you're going at Epcot. Uh, you you do have Chip and Dale, Mickey, and Pluto here, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Now, I've only ever eaten breakfast here. I have, I have not eaten lunch or dinner here, so I can't speak to the quality of lunch or dinner at Garden Grill, but uh, the breakfast is, is okay.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think uh, some of these restaurants we're going to highlight, you maybe aren't doing it for the food, you're doing it for the character meet and greets. I agree with
0: that. I agree with that. Akershus in, in the Norway pavilion. It's a uh, it's princesses Snow White, Aurora, Belle, Ariel, Cinderella. It's decent food here, little little Norwegian twists. Most of these places, if you go for breakfast, you're gonna get the standard breakfast fare, right? You're gonna get eggs, you're gonna get sausage, you're gonna get Mickey waffles. It's lunch and dinner where these where these places really uh, really start to shine. Cinderella's royal table at Magic Kingdom. I mean, God, this is in the castle.
1: Come on! It, it's in the castle, and it's really good food. It's good food for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Uh, and this one, y- you get to meet uh, Cinderella right out the gate. She's gonna she's gonna be the first princess your your party will get to meet. Very godmother. No, C- well, maybe for dinner. For dinner, I know it's Cinderella. I haven't been to breakfast and lunch in a while. Uh, but for dinner, you walk in and you are greeted by Cinderella, and you you immediately hop in line to do a, a picture and a, and a autograph. And if you want to be out if you want to opt out of the line you can. I I did opt out of the line last time I was there <laughs> and just sat down. Is is Fairy Godmother here? She was not for dinner. Um it was uh four Disney Princesses and Cinderella. Gotcha. Gotcha. Be our guest is the next one I've got
0: on here. Also at Magic Kingdom. Not a whole lot of characters here. It's it's just Beast, but I think the food here's great. Especially they they changed the menu and I, the last time I ate there was it was fabulous.
1: Nothing, nothing to add or disagree with. Yeah, be our guest is good food. Adults will like that. Theming's really, really good. And then you, it's the only place in all of Disney World you can meet the Beast from Beauty and the Beast. Hollywood and Vine. I put this on here. It's at Hollywood Studios. You, you really don't want to eat here, uh,
0: and unless it's unless there's characters. These have a lot of the Disney Junior characters. Doc McStuffins, Sophia the First, Jake, Vampirina. Uh, and then, but but that is breakfast. Lunch and dinner are Mickey, Minnie, and Goofy, and I think maybe Pluto. Every every season they change the they change the menu here. There's a lot of food. It's a buffet, but the food's kind of meh. I, I know it's Tom's favorite restaurant at Hollywood Studios,
1: but no comment there, Pete. Let's go to the next restaurant, Crystal Palace.
0: Crystal Palace is good. I like Crystal Palace. The restaurant itself is beautiful. Winnie the Pooh characters here. And again, it's at Magic Kingdom, so if you get a breakfast uh, breakfast reservation in here, you you do get it in the park uh, a little before before everybody else. I have I have fond Crystal Palace memories. All right, so those are all in the parks. Going over to the uh, to the resorts, first one I have on here is nineteen hundred Park Fair at the Grand Floridian. I I think that, in my opinion, nineteen hundred Park Fair has the best food of any character dining. Uh, this is Mary Poppins, Alice, the Mad Hatter, Tigger, Winnie. It's not cheap, but but again, I think this is the best food. And it's at the Grand Floridian. If you are staying at the Grand Floridian, it's it makes it very convenient. Uh, Topolinos Terrace, the Riviera. Don't know anything about it.
1: Never been. Yeah, I, I was, I, I was going to comment. I've been to 1900 Park Fair. Uh, actually, I mentioned on the podcast one time that I hadn't been, and my, my mom quickly corrected me when she was listening to it. But uh, yeah, I have not been to the Riviera at all.
0: Yeah, me neither. Um, and I, I actually found out. You know, you know what Topolino is? I do not. Please enlighten me. So Topolino is the Italian name
1: for Mickey Mouse. Ah, that sh- that could have been a di- Pete. We should have saved that for a Disney. We should have question. that.
0: You should have saved that for a trivia question. Sorry, uh, this is not a buffet. Unlike most of these other places, this is not a buffet. I've looked at the menu and they do have some uh, some good food choices on there. But uh, but most of these, I think all the other ones are uh, are buffets. This is not. Next one I've got on here is Ohana. And this is only a character dining experience at breakfast. And breakfast is your standard. Nothing special about breakfast here. If you're staying at the Polynesian, it's a good place to see uh, Mickey and Pluto. But I think where Ohana really shines is at dinner, where unfortunately it's not a character meet and greet Uh Dinner, you don't get the characters, but you do get uh, dancing and singing, and and the food here is is bang up.
1: Yeah, and also I'll mention this at Ohana, you'll often see Lilo and Stitch meet and greets in the morning right outside of breakfast, so it's another kind of character opportunity for the little ones. That this is my favorite character dining. I don't know if it's the contemporary resort itself that I love, or it's the actual, uh, it, it's the actual restaurant. You, you have what is considered the Fab Five, so it's. Uh, What Mickey, Minnie, Donald, Pluto, and Goofy, right? So no Daisy. Yep. Yep. And and it's just it's it's okay food. It's not going to blow you away. Ohana's food's better, for example, but it is uh, it is cool. They do some unique things with with your napkins in the air here, and the character you you do get to meet. I mean, again, that's a good way to to have a seven fifteen breakfast reservation. Knock out those five characters, and then you're into the park meeting other folks.
0: Have you uh, have you eaten lunch or dinner here?
1: I have eaten dinner here. I don't think I've ever eaten lunch here.
0: I've, I've, the only thing I've ever eaten here is breakfast. And again, it's, it's kind of the standard Disney breakfast. But, uh, when I think of Disney breakfast, I always, always think of Chef Mickey's. No doubt. Plus, you've got, plus, you've got the Mary Blair mural right there too, right?
1: You do. Yep. Five legged goat. I say it every time he says that mural.
0: Well, it's, it's funny. We have a, we have a buddy that, uh, regular podcast listener that every time we're at The Contemporary, he makes sure to point out that Mary Blair mural.
1: Uh, that's right. That's right. He loves it. He and loves I, it. And I make sure to mention, hey, there's a five-legged goat. Let's go find that. <laughs> so I think the last thing, Pete, you want to talk about, just kind of some reminders for the parents that listen. And I'm going to let you handle this since you're the one that is planning this trip.
0: Yeah. Uh, number one, don't push your kids to do stuff they don't want to do. We have seen, I've seen it, I know you've seen it, far too many parents pulling on kids' arms, or pushing kids to get on a ride. Well, we're here. We have to get on it.
1: No, you don't. Don't do that to your kids. That's terrible. Nothing more to add there. I, I, We've all seen Disney freakouts and Disney meltdowns.
0: And, and, and they're going to happen, but parents shouldn't cause them.
1: A, another item that Pete mentioned earlier was don't plan on doing everything. Kids need breaks.
0: Yeah, and, and it depends on your kids how many breaks they're going to need. You're not going to get everything done on this trip that, that you would if you were by yourself or re- you were with your wife or your husband or whatever, it's just not going to happen. So, you know, plan to have breakdowns, pl- plan to need rest, plan to go to the bathroom more, you know, don't have a tight schedule.
1: So, so really it's go going with the flow.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's the third thing. Go with the flow. Your, your plans are, are not going to not Everything's not going to go as you planned and and nothing really ever does it. Disney. Well, that's not true. I've had pretty good, pretty good plans at work, but Especially with kids, stuff's gonna change. You know, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have a meltdown. You're gonna have to go back to the room. That kind of thing is gonna happen. Make sure you have lots of breaks planned. You need a very loose schedule. Again, you don't want to drive. Your, you know, this is a vacation. You want them to You want your kids to enjoy this. The, the whole point of this is to instill the same love for Disney in your kids that you have. You want this to be. A memorable experience for them, and you want Disney to be a place that they like coming, not some place where you belittle them and scream at them and make them feel uh, make them feel scared. And right, we've all seen the Disney meltdowns. I'm going to try to avoid the Disney meltdown for as long as I can.
1: Well said, well said, Pete.
0: Anything else to add?
1: No, that's it. I, you know, listeners, please contribute uh, through email or through Twitter. Give us some of your tips and tricks for for doing Disney with kids. Because we're not experiencing that field yet for Pete, uh, and then give us some feedback. I mean, is this something that you guys think would work for uh, for Pete as he works to plan his trip with his daughter? So we, we love hearing from you guys.
0: Yeah i uh, i I sadly need uh, I sadly need the uh, the help. All right, well uh, let's uh, let's go to the trivia question of the secret for the week. What do we got this week?
1: So speaking of Disney with kids, secret of the night is actually highlighting Splash Mountain, which I do think is a an okay attraction for kids. Uh, did you know the drop at Splash Mountain is five stories? As Pete mentioned, you can see it as you approach the attraction. It is uh, at a 45-degree angle, and it travels at a speed of 40 miles per hour. So that that's a couple little facts to keep in your back pocket if uh, t- as you kind of determine if this is the attraction for you and your little ones. Trivia from last week. We asked you, what is the thro- slowest thrill ride, excluding Barnstormer and Magic Kingdom? And some of you got this right. And this one hurts my heart, but it is Space Mountain at 28 miles an hour. Does not change my love for Space Mountain. I did know it was one of the slower thrill attractions at Magic Kingdom, uh, but at least it is quicker than Barnstormer. So a trivia question of this week. What year did MGM Studios change its name to become Hollywood Studios? You can tweet us at Podcast or email us at Mendooww at gmail.com. I'll remind you one more time. The question is, in what year did MGM Studios become Hollywood Studios? Look forward to your guesses.
0: All right, well, that's all we have this week. Please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on the Twitter at WDW podcast. If you have any suggestions, questions, or comments, please tweet us or email us at Mendoowdw at gmail.com. Also, please check us out on Patreon.com slash If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have, your time. We'll see you next week.